7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabiso Musia. Thank you, Greg, and good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. We are back in studio tonight, myself and Loyolom Kalipi, the producer, after a wonderful night at the PSL Awards where the stars of the season were celebrated and honoured. We're not going to talk about the awards though this evening because awards always create debate and you can't please anyone, everyone. And uh, though having said that, though, hard luck to Shlombok always coming very close, but never gets the big one there. But tonight on the show, we will talk tennis, a lot of tennis too. Uh, there's a new sponsorship for Tennis South Africa. That's quite interesting. Um, after I found out about it and looked into the details, Whiphold, a black female-owned multi-billion rent investment company, is the new sponsor, uh, well, is one of the new sponsors Sponsors of Tennis South Africa and their sponsorship is specifically aimed at financially assisting Tennis South Africa's efforts to improve elite performance in women's tennis. And like Simnigiwa Klavanisa said in the City Press this past Sunday, it's it's, it's very rare that a, a commercial partnerships in South African sport cater specifically for women. Usually the women's aspect of a sponsorship is the back end of the main deal, but the way the TSA and Whipple sponsorship is structured, it's pretty comprehensive. And Tennis SA's website said that the deal aims to look at after a traveling squad of six to eight female players in the under-16 age group who will play in selected junior international tennis federation events in Africa, hold an annual Next Generation Camp and Tournament of up to 32 of the country's emerging young female players and also fund a high-performance squad of eight to ten female players that will act as a feeder to the Fed Cup team. And uh, most importantly for me, uh, what's interesting about the sponsorship is... Uh, that one of the founders of Whiphold, uh, Miss Louisa Mugella, is a big uh, tennis fan, and this seems like it's uh, it's her way of giving back to the sport. So we will speak to Miss Mugella about the sponsorship as well as Tennis South Africa just to find out uh, more. But before that, let's get into our top stories first, as we always do at this time. And uh, Kaiser Chiefs football manager Bobby Mutawung has revealed that the new head coach will be appointed before the team comes back for preseason on the 25th of June, while some teams are busy preparing for next season and strengthening or sizing down their squads, Chiefs don't appear to be close to getting their new coach uh, yet. And let's hear from Bobby Mutawung. The coach search, there is a short list. We've had a lot of coaches uh, that have finished, about 15, 20 coaches' CVs that we've had, but we've shortlisted. And we are on the verge of finalizing the men that we feel that will carry the club and take it forward. <sighs> Six so far. Mm, it's a process. It's a process. No, it's a process. It's... <laughs> and and there's, there's, there's meetings, there's committees we, where we sit and analyze and unpack and, and always give, inter- give views and inputs. And SABC Sport understands that Chiefs are is looking for an experienced coach, a senior person who will command some respect in the dressing room. Former Chelsea and Ghana head coach Avram Grant was said to be the early favorite, but a huge salary package and an offer from Panathinaikos in Greece seems to have discouraged that move. Former Mali and Tipi Mazembe head coach Patrice Cateron, who is now coaching Didier Drogba's United Soccer Club Phoenix Rising FC in the US, was also another favorite. And let's hear more from Bobby Mutawu. A good coach for Chiefs. A great man for Chiefs. But I'm, but I'm sure you've got... Uh, we've got a criteria. Got a criteria. Got a, we'll announce that criteria later. But for now, definitely we're looking at the quality coach for the club. Someone experienced, someone with class, someone with credentials, and someone who understands the landscape and who understands the brand. Is there a fear to put your faith in, in someone local again? There's never been a fear putting anybody in charge. It depends on the criteria. There's no fear. Also, congratulations to Black Leopards. They've secured promotion to the APSA Premiership after beating Joma Cosmos 1-0 today, so they can't be caught in those playoffs. And there were huge celebrations at a packed Toyando Stadium this afternoon where uh, the match uh, took place and uh, justice has been served, has been done for me because Leopards finished second in the playoffs and really it should be two up and two down. That simple. Let's not play too many matches. Players are already tired. We already complain about fixture congestion in this country. And really, I think this season has also proven that playoffs are not really that necessary. One and two has gone up, thankfully. Highlands Park and Black Leopards and going down Ajax Cape Town and uh, and uh, Platinum Stars. In rugby, newly appointed Springbok captain Siako Lise will lead the team in the three-test match series um, against uh, England starting next month. Says he was appointed as captain by coach Rasia Rasmus purely on reasons of his leadership and his relationship with the coach and not because of the color of his skin. And he says that he's a captain for all South Africans and not just the black people. It's genuine for me, from him, you know, because he's, he's not that kind of person. I know him since I was 18 years old, you know, and he's straightforward with me. 
and he, he had a sit down with me and he spoke to me. And that's how it is with all the players. You always know where you stand with him. You know, the most important thing for him, obviously, is to make sure that we win and perform on Saturday. You know, and so obviously, if I had questions, I'll call him and ask him, and he will tell me straightforward. You know, and yeah, so I don't have any any questions or any hesitation. He's told me exactly why he appointed me, and I'm, I'm good at that. And Coach Rice is not a politician, so I'm also not a politician. I'm a rugby player. All I want to do is do well and play well and inspire not only black people, South Africa, because we're not only playing, I'm not only playing one group, it's everybody. Like He showed us a picture on Saturday, you know, when, when we were playing and showed us a picture from the back and what you see in front of you, every single race, you know. And that's exactly who we're representing. So I can't stand here and say, you know, I'm representing this one group. I'm representing the whole of South Africa. That's why we have the Saladin flag on our chest and in our, in our jersey, you know. So, yeah. Siakolis is speaking to the media today. The team that will face Wells on Saturday in Washington was also announced uh, today. They are leaving uh, for Washington uh, today, the box, and there are seven kept players in that team. Six more on the bench at 15, Kevin Bosch, 14, Travis Ishmael, the center pairing, Jesse Creel and Andre Esterzen, uh, Makazole Mabimpi at left wing, Elton Janchis at fly half at nine, Ivan Van Sale, uh, eight men, Dan Dupree, Opa Muhojo and Kwaha Smith, the flankers, Peter Steph Dutoy, uh, the captain, and Jason Jenkins, the lock pairing, uh, Volko Lowe at three, Chili Boy, Rale Pele, the hooker, and Oxenje is uh, the other proper in the team that will play Wales uh, this Saturday. Up next, we're going to talk tennis. We'll go over to Paris first before we have our discussion about the new uh, interesting sponsorship um, in tennis in South Africa. At SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. This is SAFM Sport with Tabiso Musia. We're talking tennis the whole show tonight and let's cross over now to Paris where the French Open is uh, taking place and Chris Bowers has been watching the action for us once again. Uh, Chris, I did mention in the afternoon that there were some big guns on the court uh, today. What's transpired today at the French Open? Well, when the tournament is slightly behind schedule because of a rain delay on the second and third days, the one thing it doesn't want is long matches. The one Mm. thing it's got has been long matches. Simona Halep lost the first five games of her opening match against Alison Risk. She eventually came back to win and just said it was nerves rather than pressure. But the fact is she needed three sets. Uh, They've had another long five-setter on the main court in which uh, Kenny Shikori has beaten Benoit Paire. Novak Djokovic didn't need five. He he got through in three sets in his match. But Grigor Dimitrov, he was twice a set down before beating the young American Jared Donaldson in five sets. So there's some long matches. We're going to be playing late into the evening as long as the weather holds. Still the potential for some thunder. At least we've got all the first round matches finished. We've got a lot of the second round matches done as well. But still an awful lot of tennis to be played. And on tomorrow's order of play will be Kevin Anderson who plays his second round match and that will be against Pablo Cuevas, a very, very tough Uruguayan who uh, I suspect that's a bit of a 50-50 match. Chris Bowers, SAFM Sport in Paris. Great stuff. Thank you very much, uh, Chris. will be keeping us updated uh, throughout uh, the two weeks of the French Open. We've been hearing from him and Simon Cambers uh, since uh, Sunday, and they're doing some uh, great reports there for us from uh, the French Open, always keeping us updated with the latest on-court action. And talking about tennis now, let's talk about the sponsorship that I've been uh, uh, talking about since the beginning of, of, of the show. And we are joined now on the line um by Louisa Mugella, who I told you is one of the founders of Whiphold and uh, clearly the person uh, mainly behind the sponsorship, but she will tell us uh, more about the sponsorship that's specifically targeted at female tennis players, which I think for me is really, really great. Mrs. Ms. Mugella, good evening and thank you very much for joining us on SAFM. We appreciate your time this evening. Thank you very much for having me. It's such a wonderful, unique sponsorship that you've partnered here in with Tennis South Africa. But before we get into that, please educate us. Please tell us more about Whiphold. What are you about and what is the vision? What was the vision when it was started? Well, uh, Whiphold in school stands for Women Investment Portfolio Holdings. It was uh, established in 1994 by myself, Gloria Serobe, Wendy Lohabe and Nomse Kanka for the simple vision of empowering uh, South African women, particularly because we took a view that uh, all of us as South African women 
most of black women, we all came from disadvantaged uh, communities. Mm. Now, I mentioned earlier on that you're an avid tennis supporter. I've done some research. Is that why you decided to get involved with, with, with tennis, with the sponsorship uh, particularly? Usually, yes. It's a sport that I like. It's a sport that I played as a, as, as a young child or young girl at primary, high school, even at university. And I continue to play even now with my grandchildren. Mm. And every time I go to these uh, tournaments, these grand slams in particular, and and see how many of these girls actually in particular come, you know, from ordinary backgrounds and they tend to make it in tennis. I always lament that why can't we at least uh, assist, you know, the needy children in South Africa, particularly the women. Because mm. so there are many of them who love the sport, mm. and yet they do not have means, and there are no sponsors compared to many uh, sporting uh, activities. In South Africa, if you look at rugby, cricket, soccer, they've got set sponsorship, and yet uh, tennis doesn't seem to have one. Mm. Or, or, I mean, doesn't have to, it doesn't seem to have as strong you know, sponsorship as those. Now it, it's such a unique sponsorship. I broke it down earlier. Did you did you insist on it as we pulled uh, to be structured this way, to specifically support female tennis players? Uh, partly yes, uh, simply because uh, that's where we felt the need was mostly you know um, 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 uh, required. But tennis SA when they came to us they already had that in mind. So it, it became very easy for us, you know, to to look into the request and actually agree to assist because anything that speaks to advancing, you know, women mm. or girl children in this country, we are always happy to do it as and when, obviously, in afford. You've also agreed to be a patron for women's tennis in, in the country. What does this mean? What does it entail? Well, uh, my responsibility uh, involves attending uh, tennis tournaments as and when they take place here uh, in, in South Africa as, and, and attending those uh, coaching or practicing matches for these kids, uh, you know, trying to mentor them, trying to encourage them. But more importantly, also, I'll be acting uh, in an advisory capacity to Tennis South Africa and uh, I'll also be assisting uh, uh, them, I mean, assisting in increasing media awareness and conducting media interviews like I'm doing today, <laughs> part of my responsibility. Mm. And, uh, of course, assisting with the fundraising, which is so needed. Mm. Is, is this something that, you, uh, that you've always been thinking about doing, or were you convinced by, 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 by Tennis South Africa that you could actually uh, personally play a, a big role here in tennis in the country on top of the sponsorship? Because of my love and passion for tennis, I've always wondered how I can render you know, a, a, a hand. So mm. when they came and approached me, obviously... I was happy to assist, but initially I thought I could just, you know, do or assist uh, quietly. Mm. I wasn't expecting to be approached as an ambassador. I I was just happy to assist in my personal capacity in a quiet, quiet manner. Mm. But they asked me to be the ambassador and I, I agreed to do that. Oh, wow, that's great. And uh, how does it work? Have you set targets for Tennis South Africa to achieve during the duration of the sponsorship? Is it something that you're going to monitor? They do have their targets, and um, we we have agreed that uh, we will be meeting uh, regularly, maybe quarterly, just to see where we are, mm. obviously, in, 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 in terms of those targets. And one of the targets that uh, they have recently achieved uh, so quickly, you know, um, since the last time I met with them, was the sponsorship by the BNP Paribas. Mm. I'm sure if you are watching tennis now, uh, French Open, you will see that they are one of the biggest um, sponsors. Mm. They have agreed to assist with the coaching because uh, in tennis, 
just like any sport, coaching is everything. Mm. So they will be assisting in in, in coaching, uh, especially the black uh, 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 coaches. Mm. So that's a, that's a, that's a great uh, achievement in such a short piece of time. It's, it's quite a groundbreaking sponsorship for me, Ms. Mujela, and, and I'm sure you're hoping that Corporate SA will follow your lead here and get behind women's sport as you are doing at the moment, uh, putting your money where your mouth is. Absolutely. That is what uh, we all are hoping for. That uh, You know, this is just a stepping stone. Uh, going forward, there will be many um, corporate, uh, corporate uh, South Africa that really would want to assist it because it's a good cause. Mm, it mm. really is a good cause. I mean, when you think that uh, in the 90s, late, um, late 80s and early 90s, South Africa was at the pinnacle of tennis. Mm. You know the Madrid Open mm. that now takes place in Spain. That slot was belonged to South Africa previously. Mm. And how we lost all that. We don't even have a 250 ATP or WTA that takes place in this country. Mm. So we hope that uh, this is a stepping stone and going forward to more tournaments taking place and probably we'll start with regional tournaments or provincial tournaments and, and take it from there. Mm. And and just as we wrap up, we're also going to speak to Tennis South Africa later on and they're going to also uh, break down the sponsorship for us. Uh, you, you you say you're still playing the game, which, which shows that you're still following it and you love the sport. Who are some of your favorite players at the moment? I love the sport. By next week, I'm hoping to Paris to go and watch the French Open. <laughs> we can cross I, over to you. You can my, give us reports. <laughs> I'm saying you can give us live reports from the French Open. We'll cross over oh, to yeah, you. That is in my personal capacity, by the way. It's <laughs> not uh, with the tennis SA. This mm. is what I've been doing for the last, uh, I'm sure, 20 years. Mm. I've seen all the grand claims won by Roger Federer, won by Serena. Serena Williams actually has first, her very first uh, Grand Slam at the U.S. Open. I was there in person. I oh. watched it. So this is something that I really like. So are those your favorite players, Roger Federer and Serena Williams? The ones that I've mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> and they are my favorite players. And all-time favorite players? Are they still your all-time favorite players or just the current generation? Well, this is the current generation. My old tennis players, I I like um, I like uh, uh, Chris, Chris Everett, oh, yes. Lloyd Ben, mm. and I must say I also like uh, Kevin Curran. Uh, well, mm, very old, even though now he's an American. I did mm. like uh, Kevin Curran. Mm. I like Johan Crick. Mm-hmm. I watched him on TV though when he won uh, his Australian Open many, many, many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ms. Mujela, I, I think you're doing a wonderful job. It's a groundbreaking sponsorship, this one, especially because it comes from the heart. You really, really love the game. I was actually at Wimbledon last year for the first time, and, and I got to watch the junior singles and everything else. And I was also very disappointed just by the lack of South African involvement in, in, in the junior I singles. Every mm. time Kevin Anderson plays, and uh, I'm either at Wimbledon or at the uh, U.S. Open, I feel so sorry for him. There are no people behind him. Mm. Mm. Whether he's at home or whether he's uh, there by the, by the you know, um, uh, tournament itself, he's a loner. Mm. And we really need to support these people. Well, I think your sponsorship is a, is, because is a, is a great way. Because they carry the national flag at the end of the day. When mm. they enter that court, they are... Mm. Ah, I think this sponsorship is a is a great way to 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 actually try and make sure that uh, we are building our future stars and we are most importantly supporting them. As you said, you know the challenges faced by female tennis players. You know the challenges faced by tennis players from the townships. I know the guys that play at the Arthur Ashe Complex. The challenges that they face, you know, and I think this will come in very handy. Handy, Miss Louisa Mujela, we really appreciate your time. We appreciate what you're doing for tennis in South Africa and uh, keep us uh, updated with whatever you're doing going forward and we'll make sure that uh, you highlight it and someone says on Twitter that when a sponsor is so passionate about the sport it can only mean good things thank you very much ma'am and uh, thank you very uh, much and all the best of luck to Richard Clover and his team thank, on Tennis FA yes. th- thank you we're going to speak to him shortly thank you let's have the conversation 891 104 207 
Well, let's now continue the tennis conversation. Uh, we're going to talk to Richard Glover, now Tennis SA CEO, a man who's done some fantastic work since taking over back in 2016. I think it was September when he took over. Uh, Richard, good evening, sir, and thank you for finding time to speak to us right here on SAFM. Thank you. Good evening. Thanks for shining a light on tennis tonight. Oh, well, you're doing some wonderful stuff, and we, we, we can't ignore it, Richard. We've just spoken uh, to Miss Luisa Mugella from Whiphold. It's such a groundbreaking sponsorship, isn't it? Yeah, I was listening to the interview. She's great, isn't she? And she's an, she's an absolute tennis nut. Mm. She actually knows far more about tennis than I do, so <laughs> I, I try and avoid any conversations about tennis with her because she's just far too smart for me. <laughs> Anybody who mentions uh, Johan Creel and 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 and, uh, and Kevin Curran, you know that they know exactly uh, what they're talking about, eh? Because it was way exactly, before exactly our, right, our yeah. time. Uh, but just tell us more about this sponsorship with Weepol specific specifically. We'll get we'll get to the others also that you've been able um, uh, uh, to get the sponsorship. But this one, what exactly does it entail? Yeah, so for me, it's it's, it's a really really exciting sponsorship uh, that we announced last week. And it really focuses in on women's high-performance tennis. Um, I think there's a lot of work to be done across all areas of, of tennis in this country. But I think one of the most worrying areas is, is particularly the, on the female side of tennis, where I think we've, we've really fallen a long way behind, uh, where we want to be, particularly from a high-performance perspective and, and producing high-performance female players. And this, this partnership's exciting because it focuses on three areas. Mm-hmm. And in a way, there are three areas that really link together from a high-performance pipeline perspective. There's the under-16 squad, um, which is about giving the girls in the under-16 group, six to eight girls, the chance to play international tournaments, but particularly in Africa and particularly on play. Um, there's the next-gen Camper tournament, which is about getting together around 32 of, of the best young players in the country to really get them together in a high-performance environment. And then those two um, projects lead into a high-performance squad, um, which will serve as a feeder squad into our Fed Cup team. So it's, it's really a really exciting opportunity from a um, high-performance perspective. And there's also a strong transformation angle to it as well. Mm. Now, I'll use the under-16 squad as an example. In that, um, it's obviously six to eight female players, and, and it'll, there'll be 50-50 representativity in that squad as well. So that's really exciting in terms of the future of tennis in this country. Mm, talking about transformation, Richard, you also say that uh, you've been quoted as saying that having Whippold uh, Group Chief Executive Louisa Mugella involved gives you credibility with business in South Africa from a transformation perspective. Tell us more about this. Well, I, I think I think it gives us credibility full stop within business South Africa because I think Louisa is one of the most respected business leaders in South Africa. And if you look at her track record over the last 20 or so years in helping to build up um, an incredible company that, is, as you said, is, is worth billions and billions of rands is, is, a, is a massive thing for us. Look, there's a lot of actually good things happening within local tennis, particularly mm. I'd say in the last I'd say nine to 12 months. Mm. Um, but it's, it's really been happening um, below the radar. And it's really great to have a big gun like Louisa um, batting in our corner and really helping us raise the profile of what we're doing at the moment. Mm. And on the court, are you winning the transformation uh, match in tennis? No, look, I think we've got a lot of work to do. Um, I, I think if, if you look at some of the sponsorships that we've done in the last six to nine months, yeah. I think those, those sponsorships have been really focused on transformation. So it started last year with Growth Point Properties. Mm. Uh, that's very much in the grassroots and transformation and development space. It continued last week with Wipold, and then it continued yesterday with our BNP Paribas sponsorship, which is once again focused on the transformation and development space. Mm. I guess we're looking at it like a, a giant puzzle um, with some key pieces missing in that puzzle. And Growth Point and Wipold and BNP Paribas start to allow us to put some of those pieces back into the puzzle. So we've got a long, a long way to go. But listen, there's, there's some talent. There's some really exciting talent coming through. I'm always a bit reluctant to name individuals, but mm. I, I probably have to name one in Colo Monsi. Oh, yes, of he's, course. He's starting to get quite well known now. He's a young 15-year-old player. He's rising rapidly through the ranks. Late last year, at, at the age of 15, he won his first ATP points. Yeah. And he's just been playing in big international junior tournaments in Africa over the last few weeks. And he's won three, three, three tournaments back-to-back. Uh, three big international tournaments. So there's, there's actually a lot of young talent coming through. And now, hopefully, we're starting to put the pieces of the pipeline in place to really assist those players. Mm, there's also Kulu's brother, uh, Sipo. He played at the Junior Australian Open last year. 
Yeah, he's another good example. He's also been part of our Davis Cup squad in, uh, over the last few home ties. So now there's, there's, there's definitely some, some really good talent coming through. Mm. I think one of the reasons we've focused on an under-16 squad uh, from a Whipple perspective is because they're, from a transformation perspective, there are a number of really talented um, black female tennis players in that age group as well. So, yeah, there's, a, there's some raw materials to work with, definitely, which is really exciting for the future of tennis. Mm. Louisa is also uh, um, basically a representative for Tennis South Africa, a patron. I don't know exactly how you describe it. What exactly are you expecting from her in this role? Yeah, so I think this is obviously a new initiative from, from our side in that um, we've invited her to be a patron and she's we're delighted that she's accepted. And it's a, it's a multifaceted role. It's, as she said in her interview, it's to help raise awareness of the game. It's obviously also to potentially open some doors within corporate South Africa from a sponsorship perspective. There's also a strategic element in terms of her providing advice and guidance to us on some of our key policies and plans. Um, and, and those are really some of the, the key aspects to it. So it's, it's a new thing, and we're obviously not quite sure how it's going to evolve over time. But I think it's a really positive step for us. And I can tell you that Louisa is, is already hard at work in terms of doing 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 what she, what she feels needs to be, de- be done in terms of helping tennis South Africa. So that's really, really exciting as well. Mm. Now, besides this, this specific sponsorship that we're focusing on because of how unique it is, Richard, you've done very well since taking over, I think, six sponsorships in the past 18 months. Or is it seven now with what you've just told us? And... I understand they're all tailored specifically uh, to suit certain needs or certain requirements. What's the thinking here? Yes, yeah, so, so we've been um, look. I, I think we've, we've we've tried to be quite strategic in our in the way we've approached sponsors because look, we we don't have the we can't deliver necessarily what the so-called big three sports soccer, cricket, and rugby can deliver, but mm. we can deliver something very very different. Um, and as you as you say, our sponsorships that we've brought in have been very very targeted, but a lot. Um, they have one really central theme, and that is sponsorships that are investing into the grassroots and the foundations of the game. And that, mm. that's really, really important to us. Um, I know a lot of people say we should be focusing on bringing an ATP event to South Africa, which is important because it raises the profile of the sport. But I think it's really, really important to get the foundations and the grassroots right because it's great to have these big events in South Africa, but if there's no South African players playing in them, then you've got to just wonder about the the long-term viability and sustainability of those events. So our focus is very much on grassroots and foundations. And now that we're starting to invest in those, now we start to go into the front foot in terms of looking to bring more international tennis to South Africa. Mm. And and who are some of the sponsors, uh, uh, Richard? And and what is their role, if you can just explain uh, briefly? Yeah, so uh, Growth Point Properties. Uh, we announced Growth Point Properties as our headline sponsor of tennis. Uh, I think it was uh, July last year. Um, and their, their focus is very much, as I said, on the grassroots of tennis. So they sponsor a number of our key junior tournaments. They sponsor our national club event, which was held um, late last year into early this year, which was a big success. They also sponsor our seniors or veterans tennis as well. And they also sponsor our, in the transformation development space our grassroots or growth point development centers. Um, and those are really hubs, centralized hubs that are run by Tennis South Africa and put into key provinces to really grow the game, both from a mass participation perspective, but also from a high-performance perspective as well. So we rolled out the first two, one in uh, the Western Cape and and one in Gauteng, and we've got another one to launch in Gauteng, another to launch in Durban, and then also in the Eastern Cape as well. So uh, probably by August of this this year, we'll have five operational development centres running in the country. we obviously like to get to nine in the next few years, but... uh, that's obviously determined by budget, and, and those those centres are really really important. Then yesterday we announced a really nice sponsorship with BNP Paribas. So as Louisa said, uh, BNP Paribas are the main sponsor of the French Open. They also sponsor a lot of tennis globally. They're probably the number one supporter of of global tennis, and their their sponsorship of for Tennis South Africa once again is very very targeted. Um, it's targeted our, around our new coaches mentorship program. Mm. And the coaches mentorship program is really interesting from a transformation perspective because it's really about um, creating sustainable coaching opportunities for both black and female coaches. So they've got behind us in terms of year one of that program, which is now launched, well, launches at, in, at the beginning of June. And the, the really exciting thing about the program for me personally is that in year one of the program, 44% of the uh, entrance in, in, into this program are black females. 
Um, and that's really, really exciting for me. So these are the sorts of things that we're starting to do from a tennis South Africa perspective that could have step changed the game over the next few years. Oh, that's that's great stuff. I know there's also Lotto Sport Italia. There's also Vodacom and Axnosis. I think it's the IT company that's also involved with Tennis South Africa. I just need to take a quick break. Richard will wrap up after this short break. SAFM leading the conversation. Now, Richard, let's move away a little bit from the junior tennis and the development. I want to talk about uh, about the senior tennis. Now, last year, I was in Irene Country Club, very excited. You brought out Wayne Ferreira to help us with the Davis Cup squad. What was his involvement there? And what was basically, what was the thinking to, with bringing Wayne uh, just to come and assist the team? Yeah, so uh, Wayne was, was, was involved in, in my very, very first Davis Cup tie as, as, as CEO of Tennis South Africa. And, and really... The, the the point about that was to really try and reach out to the former ex-players and really try and use that intellectual property or that brain power that sits amongst those ex-players and get them involved in some of our programs. So actually that program of, of reaching out to former players has really been extended um, since Wayne was involved. Uh, we subsequently got uh, Neville Godwin involved as a high-performance yes. consultant. And Neville was also joined by Jeff Kutsia as yeah. a high-performance consultant. And now Neville and Jeff are, are important because they are currently coaching at the very highest level of the game, at ATP level. So Neville obviously was, was involved with uh, Kevin and took Kevin to the U.S. Open final. Neville was also um, voted the 2017 ATP Coach of the Year, yep. um, which is a major achievement. Jeff is obviously um, involved with a couple of Colombians that made the, uh, the final of the Australia Open. I think I've just won a major clay court tournament in Europe leading into the French Open as well. And so it's really tapping into the brain power of the likes of Neville, the likes of Wayne, the likes of Jeff, and really using that intellectual capital to really help us from a high-performance perspective. Mm, and, and, and what's your verdict on the quality of our Davis Cup team? I know I've heard some, well, I've seen them play, Lloyd Harris, Nick Scholes, some great things being said, being said about them. Yeah, so last year our Davis Cup team won promotion. Um, to, to basically the level or the division below the world group. And, and for those of your, of your listeners who don't understand Davis Cup, because it is quite complicated, mm. uh, the world group is basically where all the big dogs play, you know, your Australias and your Germanys and stuff. And we were promoted last year to the, to the, the group below that. Um, and that's probably our natural level at this stage because we've got some, a, a really solid team. We've got Raven Klaas and Ruan Wilofsa. They're a really strong doubles team. I don't think yeah. they've ever lost a Davis Cup double tie together. Uh, we've got Nick Skoltz, who's, who's obviously a really solid player. Mm. And then we've got Lloyd Harris, who's at uh, 20 or 21, is, is, is probably the next big hope for South African tennis. Um, he's, he's really kicked on this year, um, and I think you'll see a lot of good things from him in the next year or two. Uh, he actually made the qualifiers for the French Open for the first yeah. time this year. He obviously lost in the qualifiers, but that was an important stepping stone for him. And he's, he's one that's coming through really quickly. Mm, and well Richard it was great uh, to talk to you I was about to ask you more about, about Lloyd but I think you've covered it we were actually covering that match where he played um, the qualifiers hoping that he'll get into the main draw uh, of the French Open finally Kevin Anderson how far do you see him going at the French Open what are your expectations yeah look I, th- I think Kevin's had a great year so far and I think he's looking more and more comfortable on clay um, I think he, he he looked really good in his first round match. I think he had a very comfortable win. He's got a tough Uruguay next in the second round. Um, but uh, I think based on the feelings, we expect him to go through. But you never know in Grand Slam level. Mm. Um, and I think he set himself a target of the quarterfinals. Um, and I think I think he'll be very pleased if he reaches the quarters. If he if he gets to the quarters and it goes to plan, uh, he'll be playing a certain player by the name of Rafa Nadal. <laughs> um, so that might be interesting. That might be very interesting indeed. But he's looking good. And I'm actually more excited to see how he does on, on the grass of Wimbledon. Because um, I think that's probably more his natural surface. But he's, he's looking really, really good. And I think he's, he's really flying the flag high for South Africa. Um, I know he gets a bit of criticism for not playing Davis Cup. Yeah. But my perspective is that it's much better to have a fit and fire in Kevin Anderson doing well at Grand Slams um, than, it, than it is in, in terms of him playing Davis Cup. So he's a great ambassador for tennis in South Africa. The other argument is that he's actually doing more playing singles for the country than, than, than he would do for Davis Cup. Do you, do you agree with that sentiment? Yeah, I totally agree with that. I, I think it's more important 
um, that he's doing well at, at grandstand level and that he focuses on that than necessarily playing Davis Cup tennis. Mm. Not everyone agrees with that, but I think you saw with the US Open um, when he reached the final. Uh, we enjoyed more publicity and there was a much bigger spotlight uh, yeah. shone on local tennis during the US Open fortnight when Kevin was playing so well than, than, uh, than in other times of the year. So I totally agree with that. And just finally, Richard, I mean, when it comes to building facilities, especially in the previously disadvantaged areas like the townships, how much support are you getting from the, from the municipalities? Is that their role? Uh, is that what they should be doing? And are they, are they, are they supportive? Look, I, I, I think uh, Tennis South Africa hasn't necessarily uh, in the past built the best relationships with local governments. Mm. I do think local government definitely has a, has a role to play within facilities in terms of facilities in the provinces. But I also think we need to, as a, as a federation, we need to give local government reasons to believe in tennis and reasons to believe that we committed to growing uh, tennis in, in uh, previously underserviced communities. So I think there's two sides to every story, and, and we're concentrating really closely on on uh, trying to build relationships with local governments. And I'll give you one quick example. Mm. Um, we're, uh, we're obviously going to be opening a growth point development center in, in Chwane, in Pretoria. Yeah. And we've, we've been working very closely with the city of Chwane um, to choose the venue for that. So that's really exciting for me that I think for the first time we've been working really closely with local government in a particular area. And we're, we're going to take the lessons from that and, and really look to do the same in, in other areas. Mm. And just finally, the other thing that came to mind is that um, the, the the girls, the daughters of, of, of the former Springbok flank, Ruben Kruya, were also playing tennis and they went overseas. Are you able to tell us how their uh, their uh, progress is, Zoe and I think Isabella? Yes, Isabella's quite young. Uh, Zoe is obviously probably a bit more advanced in her tennis, but they're both doing really well. Um, so uh, last year, Zoe actually played in Africa Junior Championships at the age of 14 and she actually won. Africa Junior Championships, which is an under-18 um, competition. So, look, she's a she's a definite bright prospect for the future. Like mm-hmm. I said earlier, there's uh, we have, uh, and this applies to all sports in South Africa. We have a lot of natural talent at junior levels, and we just need to make sure we we're putting in place the right structures to allow that talent to thrive and grow. Mm. Are they are they part of that world famous IMG Academy? And are there any other South Africans there? Uh, yeah, so they they are based at the IMG Academy, um, and uh, that's that's where they're based in Florida. Uh, there are not too many other South Africans there at the mm. moment, um, but uh, yeah, there's 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 a lot of South Africans across the world playing tennis, and uh, and a lot of I must be said a lot of juniors playing tennis in this country as well. So one quick uh, side note as well is um, we recently held our our junior nationals, our growth point junior nationals in Bloemfontein in, mm. in April, and it was the biggest field in terms of players that we've had in over a decade, which was once again a really exciting development for us. Uh, great stuff, Richard Aglava, Tennis SACO. A pleasure talking to you, sir. And we're going to speak to a tennis mom after you. Gugunduli will, will tell us about Lulunduli's journey and also um, what goes behind supporting a young one that plays tennis. But Richard, really appreciate your time and I hope that we'll have more of this conversation as, because we do want to put the, the tennis and the other sports that don't get as much attention um, in the spotlight right here on SAFM. Thank you for your time. Thank you. We really appreciate it. SAFM, leading the conversation. Let's have the conversation. 0891-104-207. Okay, before we go to our next guest, uh, let me just read some tweets. If you do want to comment and join the conversation at any time, please feel free to call us 0891 Our SMS line is 40938. Our WhatsApp number is 0614104107. And you can hashtag SAFM Sport on or tag SAFM Radio on Twitter. Tell us where you are from. I mean, how's tennis? How, how's it going? Are you guys playing regularly? Are the facilities not there? What's happening where you are in the part of the country? Please uh, share because we're trying to get as much information as as, as we can, like we've done with, with, with other sports. Uh, we've done with soccer rugby and all of that uh, so please feel free to call us and just some reaction on social media here let me try and find some tweets here hey there's one from zico smith who actually says if only municipalities can build tennis facilities i did put that through to richard glover and he did answer that and also umpochi chonga says great sponsorship i hope we get our own serenas from this initiative 
Tami says Kevin Current, uh, Kevin Current, sorry, a patriot. This is some great work by Louisa Mujella. This should be headline news, and I agree with you. And I read that tweet from Mpo, who says it's very good to see a sponsor so passionate about the sport. Let's speak to a tennis mom now. I don't know if that's a title that she will accept, but let's find out mo- more from Kuguntuli, uh, uh, who supports her daughter Lulintuli's career right through. Uh, she looks after her daughter's affairs, and she will tell us about the challenges faced, probably um, as a tennis mom, or when you try to support your young one, especially in what's seen as a minority sport here at home in in, in the country. Um, Gugu, good evening, ma'am, and thank you for joining us on SAFM. We really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me, Tabitha. Firstly, I I know about Lulu's exploits, but for those not aware, just tell us more about Lulu. How old is she now, and where is she playing? Uh, yeah, Lulu turned 18 uh, about a week ago, and yes, it's been a very long journey. She started when she was uh, nine years old, and we've been playing um, both locally and internationally. From from the age of 14, she focused on international tournaments, and it has been a, a, a massive struggle really for her as a late starter, uh, but we pushed on and, and, and really um, tried to support as a family, not just myself, but the greater family, um, uh, aunts, uncles, grandmothers, grandfathers, etc. Um, up until um, recently where she was selected for the first time for the FedPAC team that just um, um, gained um, promotion in Montenegro just mm. a month over a month ago. Mm. I was about to ask you, what are some of the career highlights? You've already mentioned this one. What are some of the other highlights that you as a family are proud of? Yes, I think this is probably... Uh, one of the major ones, obviously, being a, a Fed Cup member. Um, however, she's had quite a few milestones that we're very proud of, making SA uh, school teams uh, at 14 and 15 um, touring London, um, being part of the Western Province team for many years and touring the USA for five weeks, um, and some significant uh, results in the ITF scene, which is the the junior and um, international federation uh, tournaments around the world. So in general, I think we've been very uh, proud of her progress, although, um, um, as you know, it's, it's, it's a very difficult sport to, to make uh, um, real, um, real um, progress in. Mm. Um, however, we, we've um, somewhat managed to, to get some uh, wonderful results from Lulu and look forward to more. Mm, and what is it that you're looking forward to? What's the what's the goal for Lulu? Uh, look, I think like like all girls who take up tennis, um, her dream really is to to become a professional tennis player um, and to continue to represent her country um, on on various uh, on various stages. Um, she hopes to um, be a college uh, tennis player as well in some top Division One col- uh, colleges in the U.S. from next year. And, and yeah, and, and really just take her, her tennis um, to, to, the, to the highest level. It, it can be easy, though, Gugu, and I think you've mentioned, I remember you had to choose normal schooling, for example, to homeschooling at some stage for Lulu. But just tell us about some of the sacrifices that you've had to make uh, personally and as a family for Lulu's career. Wow, I mean, I, I don't think I'm alone in this, and in fact, globally, because I, I I travel with her quite a lot now. It really is an expensive sport, um, uh, from the from the equipment to tennis tournament entries, um, to coaching fees, and even local travel. You know, just we are based in Cape Town, mm. so just traveling to Johannesburg for tournaments, it really is a major sacrifice. And I've been lucky in the sense that. Um, uh, I have just the one child and uh, am able to really pour everything into her. But many tennis moms and t- tennis families have more than one tennis player, and it really is a struggle. Even for those that have means to do so, it is an expensive sport. So um, um, we we have had a lot of financial challenges, but also time. You mm. know, um, we we have seen that the more support you give the, the child, the better the chances the child has in success. So those parents that have the time to travel with their children, that have the time to spend um, on courtside watching their progress, interacting actively with the coaches, those children have a a greater success uh, rate than those that don't. So all of those require the time of the parents, 
the time of the coaches and various other support systems like the trainers, etc. And um, it, it it isn't an easy exercise. I eventually had to um, I had to quit my job mm. to focus on her. Uh, had to sell a house <laughs> uh, and uh, raise funds in in a number of ways. Had events um, set up. So it, it it is a long struggle, and many parents will identify with that. So um, we are we are quite excited to to hear about the developments of tennis South Africa, particularly focusing on on girls tennis and in particular the the new sponsorship by Withhold. It's really quite exciting for us parents. We're going to get into that, but you also had to relocate too to Cape Town, right? Yes, I mean we 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 actually were based um, um, in the UK for work and had to move um, back to Cape Town, um, but also moved specifically to um, Cape Town for uh, a coach that was quite a reputable coach in Cape Town, who's very good, uh, in order for Lulu to to get the best possible support. So um, all of those um, decisions taken have an impact on the family, have, have an impact on, on the structure, all in support of the child's uh, future. If you've just joined us, we're talking tennis. We've been talking tennis throughout the show. Uh, there's a, a groundbreaking sp- a sponsorship that we touched on in the beginning, Whiphold, uh, sponsoring tennis. And we spoke to Whiphold, our founder, uh, Louisa Mugella, Whiphold, a black female-owned multi-billion rent investment company. We also spoke to Tennis SA CEO, Mr. Richard Glover. And we're now talking to uh, Ms. Kogunduli, who's the mother of Lulunduli, uh, who is uh, playing uh, tennis. Uh, she's taken up tennis as a career, and we're just trying to find out what goes into that. We'll take you calls after the break and we'll wrap up the conversation after this break. 0891-104-207. And uh, people have called us. Mike in Cape Town, we'll start with you. Thank you for calling us. Good evening. What's your comment? Hi, good evening, guys. Um, thank you very much for bringing up this topic. Um, and uh, uh, good evening to your guest as well. Um, I, I wanted to find out, actually, um, well, the sheer nature of uh, the setup, you as a parent having to uh, fork out money um, and, and having to move jobs, um, having to relocate, you know, um, does that not... Because in my mind, as I was internalizing it, I thought, you know what, this automatically eliminates or excludes the possibility that a portion of the people in a country that cannot afford um, would be able to participate. And as a result, uh, deprive the country of that portion of people uh, working class and poor people. Mm. Um, so, I mean, if she can break it down to us in terms of cost, uh, that a normal uh, working class person like myself, would, would I be able uh, to fund a, a, a child's tennis journey throughout from under 10 uh, to senior level? Mm, great call as always. Mike will get uh, Gugu to answer that. Let's also take Leslie in KZN. Good evening, Leslie. Thank you for calling us. Good evening, good evening, guys, and good evening to your guests there. Um, and, uh, tennis in, in KZN is actually not so big, especially in the townships. I think things like facilities have been mm. stumbling blocks for, for townships uh, for township tennis to grow. Without facilities, that won't grow. And I think we need once we have facilities, we need to start targeting young ages, kids that are about seven, six, and five, and so start them at an early age because if if you try uh, try get the guys who are 16 and older guys, mm. it's, it's too late by then. The interest is not there. Start them at an early age so they can start developing the love of the sport. Once you have the love of the sport, it's easy to go back and play and build your own discipline to play. But if, if there's no love for it, it's just, it, it won't work. But facilities mm. and starting a sport early and bring it into the township, it'll grow because the numbers are there. People are just exposed to soccer currently at the moment because mm. the fields are there. But until we bring the other facilities for other sporting codes, then we start talking. And I think it's a, it's, a, it's a really good thing that sponsors have coming into big coming to into South Africa, mm. but bringing big names so people can start being interested. Seeing the uh, Vanessa, the, the Williams sister, uh, sisters coming to South Africa yeah. the other year was a good thing. It was a, it was a good exposure for the sport as well. And this but, is where uh, government needs to. Show, guys. 
Now, this is what government needs to the, come to the party here, Leslie. You know, facilities, it's their responsibility. We spoke to the sports ministry the other day, how they told us that they would move money from for, for swimming pools that were supposed to be built in the communities for something else. And I think that's where they're letting a lot of people down. And we also asked this question to Mr. Richard Glover. So I think there they really, really needs to be more involvement from government uh, uh, when it comes to facilities. We need to create equal opportunities for all our kids. Folks, I can't stress this enough. We can't have our best tennis players having to go to the suburbs or to, to these private schools to go play tennis. We need to build them in the townships, in the communities and have these facilities and have these top coaches and these schools of excellence. Uh, Gugu, you, you you had, I think the second one was more of a comment about facilities, but the first one from Mike was quite interesting. Can a normal person yeah. like Mike be able to support a child that plays tennis like you've done? Yeah, I think uh, Mike really hit the nail on the head. That's something that... Uh, um, I think Tennis South Africa in particular are working very hard to change. Um, Richard would have maybe mentioned the development centers that have been set up in the various regions. And these are particularly targeted at making sure that uh, children who have previously not had access to the sport are able to gain coaching um, and um, equipment um, of, of a very high level and exposed to the sport at a young, uh, at a young age in order to actually start um, competing. Um, it will always require um, some substantial uh, support financially, not only from TSA, but for entities like Withhold who've come forward, because um, once a child shows promise, the child now needs to start traveling. The child now needs to be equipped with the right tennis racket. And, and I learned as a parent that, you know, the tennis racket from... Um, you know, um, maybe um, what's the sportsman's warehouse or whatever mm. is, 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 is sufficient up to a level. Mm. Thereafter, you need someone who, who can explain to you that the right equipment for the child, the right weight, the right strings. It just gets quite complicated. And often when you don't have the financial support to be able to do that as a child, you fall by the wayside. So, Michael, yes, I think that uh, strides are being made. Uh, however, we have a long, long way to go. And I, coming from Sochangove, know that there are thousands and thousands of children in the townships who have huge potential to do well. But simply because of resources, they just have not had access to the sport. Um, it is limiting because of the finances. Well, Kukuntuli, a pleasure talking to you. I think we need to continue this conversation. We're going to invite you again alongside Ulul and just to find out more because I'm interested to find out what kind of support you're getting, if there are people that are looking to support, how do they get hold of you? But at the moment, how do people get hold of you and how do they follow Lulu's progress? Well, Lulu has got a website. It's uh, Uh where she posts her progress and uh, various tournaments that she's, she's attending and she can be reached uh, we can both be reached on that on that platform okay thank you very much but i'm sure we'll have a chat again but uh, thank you for the insight that you've given us this evening thanks so much Tavisa. Thank you, Gugunduli there. We had to quit a job to support her daughter, Lulu Nduli's career. And it seems like um, it was a good decision so far because Lulu is definitely making steady progress. That's it from us. There'll be more sport in the morning with Brad Brown on Sunrise with Stephen Krotis between a 6 and a 9. But up next, Mr. Ashraf Gara, tonight's big hitter on The Viewpoint is Mr. Wayne Duvenach. Not Duvenacher, Wayne Duvenage from Outer. So he'll be the big hitter between 8 and 9. And as always, if you have any suggestions, ideas for the show, feel free to email sport at safm.co.za. Thank you to Luyolo and thank you to Babala who's pressing the buttons for us uh, this evening. My name is Tabi Somosia.